0: Well, Welcome back, Queens. We have Amanda Clements on today. She is a certified professional coach who specializes in teaching and training the mental aspects of sports. She helps athletes perform under pressure, overcome disappointments, handle stress, and increase their emotional intelligence. Her whole life approach can also address those who feel they are lacking direction, purpose, motivation, organization, passion, or life balance. Ooh, I think she just spoke to me. (laughs) (laughs) She has experience working with teams and individuals from club sports up to the professional level and uses mental performance techniques to help her clients achieve their desired goals.
1: Amanda's 20-year sports career includes competing as a Division I gymnast and playing defensive back for Washington, D.C.'s semi-pro women's football team. It was her own emotional struggle with transitioning out of competition that ultimately led her to combine her coaching practice with her love of sports. She now finds purpose helping other athletes excel during their competitive careers as well as navigate the transition into life thereafter. Welcome to the podcast, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. Mm -hmm. Well, I'd like to get started. So tell me a little bit about how your journey as an athlete shaped the skills that you try to instill in your athletes that you're working with today. Throughout my entire career, that's you know,
2: as you mentioned, 20 years covering both gymnastics and football. I was one of those athletes that got nervous before every competition and every game. And it was like, I just can't wait till this is over. I hope I don't fall. I hope I don't mess up. And it was really this approach where I gave up so much control over my performance to this idea of, I hope I do well. I hope I don't mess up. That has stuck with me deeply to this day. And I now use mental skills training and mental skills coaching to show athletes that they have so much more control over the performance than they thought they did. You know, it's not about hope. It's not about luck. It's not about wearing my lucky socks, even though that's certainly okay to do. Um, there's really much more control over the mental and emotional side than we've realized. And and then most athletes actually learn.
1: Well, I would say that's true. Even as a fan, I wore all my lucky stuff and the Chiefs still (laughs) lost. So (laughs) Amanda, like living that way has to be really exhausting, right? Like trying to just keep it together all the time. That's exhausting for an athlete.
2: Very exhausting, especially because, you know, when you're coming from a place of worry, creates so much physical tension in the body, Mm -hmm. your breathing changes, your blood flow changes. So there's a lot of emotional drain, a lot of physical drain. And this constant like, oh, gosh, the competition is coming. Oh, my gosh, the season is coming. Oh, the next season is coming. It's a constant state of worry. And sports related or not, worry is going to drain you. And then it's going to change your ability to approach your sport or anything in your life from a place of excitement and joy. And, you know, and not to say that there wasn't a ton of joy in my career, but there was also a ton of worry and fear.
0: Mm -hmm. I I think that speaks to everything we're going through right now. All the things that are out of our control that we can worry about if we're watching the news. But okay, I'm fascinated. From gymnastics to football. Hmm. Tell us a little bit more about that. <laughs> yeah.
2: So after college, so once I graduated college, I was 21 and I had been doing gymnastics for 17 years. So it was everything that I knew. And, and for those that know gymnastics, it's a year round sport. There's, if you're doing it competitively, there's not a lot of room for other hobbies or other sports or activities. When you leave college after 17 years of something you have done year round, the initial response really was like, wow, I've got a break. I can't believe I don't have to stay at a certain level of conditioning and I don't have to train on my own in the summers and I don't have to really maintain this peak level of performance. It was really freeing at first and then about a year later when I went back to to my college and I watched the team, it was the alumni meet and I was watching the team compete and I was in the stands. It was this moment of what is my value anymore? I am, there's nothing about me that's special because to me, I thought being a competitive gymnast is what made me special. And watching other people compete while I'm just sitting in in the stands was like oh my god I need a team I need a sport I need a purpose I didn't know what I was working towards at that point I had a job and I was making money but it was like in sports you know the goal at all times it's always about training and working towards the next game or competition or championship you always know what you're working towards and I didn't have that anymore and I was kind of in this Middle ground of I need a team, I need purpose, I need to find something. And a roommate of mine said, Hey, my cousin plays for this women's football team. And I was like, Oh my God, I would love to try football. So I loved the sport, you know, as it was, but I had never considered actually playing. So I looked up the team, tryouts were coming up. So I went to tryouts. And at that point, I was still in excellent shape from the gymnastics career. So after tryouts, the GM came over and said, Hey, you know, you want to play defensive back for us? And I was like, Yeah, what is that? (laughs) No (laughs) clue. And they basically, you know, there's nowadays, there's starting to become so many more opportunities for females to be involved with football. But at that time, there really wasn't any. So the team's perspective was if you're willing to show up and work hard and train and spend a lot of time on this, we'll teach you everything you need to know about the game. Mm. And I ended up playing three seasons and loved it. (laughs) But then after 20 years of really intense sports, my body started showing some signs of maybe we should tone this down. So (laughs) after three years, I officially stopped at the high level competition.
0: What a fun story. I'm glad I asked you. I just, yeah, what I'm is that transition, <laughs> right? So tell us, what are some of your like favorite skills, if we call it like the skill toolbox that you love to do with, mm-hmm. with athletes? Like, you know, it's easy to say, don't worry. I kind of think about Bob really mm-hmm. don't worry about a thing, but how do you actually translate that into actionable items? One of the first things
2: i I teach anybody and it's almost always in our first session together, whether it's one-on-one or with a team is really the concept. It's a very basic concept, but our thoughts have emotional reactions and our emotional responses then dictate how we act and how we perform at the very, very, very most basic level is positive thoughts and positive mindset creates positive emotional responses and higher level performance, and vice versa. Negative mindsets and negative thoughts create a negative emotional reaction, and then, you know, often hurts our performance, or we, we way underperform. I would love, as you said, just to say, hey, think positive and go do it. <laughs> um, but it's, that's not exactly how it works. And one of the biggest misconceptions is what positive thinking actually is. So many athletes and teams, I hear this all the time. They say, well, I'm not just going to go on the field and say, oh, I'm the best. I'm going to win. In reality, that's not actually positive thinking. Positive thinking is anything that creates a positive emotional response. So it, it could be happiness, excitement, calm, presence, caring. Any thought that creates an emotion along those lines is a positive thought. So it's going out and saying, I'm the best, I'm going to win, makes you feel anxious or makes you feel worried. That's not positive thinking. Once athletes really start to understand that, it's really about practicing self-talk. What am I saying to myself and how am I emotionally responding to that? And it takes time. And like any other aspects of sport, it takes training and practicing and working on it and failing and coming back and trying something else, but really honing in on thoughts that make athletes feel good. and it often is focusing on those things we can control. You know, walking up to a game and saying, "Oh my God, I, I hope we win. if we don't win, we're gonna be knocked out of the of the tournament. That's gonna create anxiety for most people. But walking up to a game and saying, I know I can play full out today, often creates a sense of calm and control and readiness and excitement, and then that would be a positive thought, which then, you know, you know, at the very root helps performance. It physically changes how you play. Mm-hmm.
1: Positive thinking. Um, I'm also wondering, like, do you use any sort of guided imagery in terms of just like calming the body down at times?
2: Definitely. You know,
1: back to that level of emotions that helps performance, in my opinion,
2: one of the best emotions to perform of is a sense of calm. And with most athletes and teams, my work extends over a very long period of time, a lot of people do it for several months, or usually throughout the season. And so at a certain point, it becomes okay, if I play really well from a sense of calm, but when I show up to a game, you know, automatically, I just feel nervous or butterflies or anxious how do I create a sense of calm? And it, breathing is a huge part of it. Breathing, once you get, once you breathe until a place that you feel calm, introducing that imagery or that visualization that you're talking about. It can also be tweaking the information that's coming into your senses. So like you said, if you're watching the news or scrolling through social media a lot and it's making you very tense and it's making you very worried about things, maybe we take a break from that maybe we step back from social media step back from the news step back from a certain friend that is making us very upset at that time you know just shifting the things that we can so that we're surrounded by more things that create positive emotions which then makes it slightly easier to introduce things like breathing and visualization and maintain a sense of calm and it's you know, not about being in that state a hundred percent all the time and controlling every single aspect, but just, you know, going back to what I originally said, understanding what you actually can control and focusing on those things and doing your best to have more positive emotions and less worry. And that's really what it's all about.
0: Well, I have, I've had to learn that as being a mom and mom coach is like sometimes mm-hmm. I would get I I would think I was helping my daughter by getting all amped up and excited and be like, oh, you're going to do great. And then finally realized that my energy was actually making her anxious, not helping her. And so I've had to really stay neutral before games and just look at her and be like, I know you're going to give 100 percent. And that's all I ask for. And it's been funny how that shifted. So as you kind of have to learn like what's in your environment and how you're going to respond. So I I love that you said that. And a good skill for parents to know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. So I I loved on your website, it says coming soon, you're going to be doing some work with team culture. This is something that Kara and I just think is huge. So we'd love to hear a little bit more Mm -hmm. about your vision. It is my
2: deeply held belief that culture of, any team, organization, group, family, is really the sum total of every mindset in the building. When I say every mindset, you know, if you take a professional team, that is athletes, coaches, front office, front desk staff, social media team, equipment team, it is every single person in the building. The sum total of the mindset is going to be your culture. If you're not teaching mindset, training mindset, working on mindset, you're not going to be working on culture as much as you could. You know, you can certainly still do team bonding and a lot of other things and coming up with team slogans and things like that. But if if people don't really understand, even just a basic general understanding of mindset and thoughts and, and how we act and how we respond and what emotions we bring in the building. You know, it's really hard to develop the culture you want. And so for me, my vision is for teams in particular, especially at the college and and professional level, you have so much turnover between players and coaches and staff and it's constantly changing that if you're not taking into account everyone who's a part of the team that specific season, what their strengths are, how you play up their strengths, how they respond to stress and pressure and how to support them specifically if you're not teaching everyone how to do it themselves as well as the coaches and like you said parents how to do it for the athlete i think there's a, you leave a lot to be desired and so my vision is working with everyone involved teaching the mindset concepts and then having them build upon it in a very tailored way for what the entire team sees that they want to be their culture for that specific season.
1: Like much Personalized needed right sports. now. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. When can we expect this to be rolling out? Oh, <laughs> that's such a great question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
2: You know, there, with this pandemic and everything, and teams' budgets being in questions mm-hmm. and practices being in questions, and you know, so many things being virtual that has definitely delayed it. Yeah, I bet. Um, so I'm hoping as the pandemic is finally slowing down and we're creeping out of it, and and teams are coming back full force, I'm hoping that'll be the perfect timing to really mm. roll it out.
1: I don't know. I just suspect, like, when everything gets back to like normal, I feel like there's going to be a boomerang, like, just kind of like needing all the things, right? Especially when it comes to mm. men- mental health and sport yeah. and Oh I'm just preparing <laughs> for the need yeah. just to increase of around all of that,
2: yeah, a hundred percent and so my big focus right now is just being teams, coaches, players, parents just in the conversation and mm-hmm. and making sure they're aware of anything you're feeling right now you know there's a huge chance it's it's a reflection of the pandemic and what you're going through in life and as sports comes back and and as you're going through it now the
1: mental side
2: is not something to be ignored it's something to really move to the
1: forefront yeah absolutely amanda thanks for tackling some of these issues in spore and we like to mm-hmm. ask every interviewee how you live out the fit philosophy so trying to balance performance mm-hmm. health intellect and time for self especially during these kind of crazy times so Yeah. Mm -hmm. How have you been taking care of yourself the last year and a half?
2: Yeah, for me in particular, especially because, you know, my world revolves around mindset concepts. First and foremost, it's really keeping my own values in mind and not just in mind, but really at the front of my brain, knowing and being very clear on my personal definitions of what do I want my performance to look like, what do I want my health to feel like as far as intellect goes. I used to be one of those students. It was all outcome based. I have to get A's. And if I get A's, that means I am smart. And, you know, now really shifting the definition to what my intellect is, which for me is just curiosity and growth and learning and trying and failing and trying again. (laughs) Um, as well as time for self, you know, I am someone who, at this point, I just think we have created this society that is go, 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 cram in, cram in, cram in, and get as much done as possible. And for me, it's this approach of find a couple things that are really important to me, really enjoy them, really dive in so that I can, Have time for myself, and time for myself is really just I need quiet and alone. (laughs) That's what anytime I can just have quiet (laughs) is amazing and really resets me and recharges me. But time alone, really quality time on my business, really, really quality time on you know, family and a few close friends, and I keep the focus on that. And as long as I know that that's important and that's my own standard, you know. Nowadays there's so much especially for people starting businesses or owning businesses so much pressure on on the should. You should do social media. You should have a blog. You should mm-hmm. update your website every week. You should make this many marketing calls. Wow. Stepping back of the shoulds of how to have a successful business and focusing on what do I want it to look like and what's important to me and I feel as long as I keep my values and my wants at the forefront I'm I'm really overall have a, a, a lovely, balanced life.
0: Oh, such good stuff. Kara and I were just talking this morning about like going and getting a cabin in, in Colorado mm. and we're going to wear fuzzy slippers and we we may not even talk to each other the whole time we're there <laughs> and it's going to be absolutely <laughs> perfect. <Fun> below, <laughs> and there might be some wine. <laughs> that's, that's
1: what self-care is. I'm after these days, it so I get that. It
0: absolutely is. I love that. Well, Amanda, thanks so much for coming on. You're doing some amazing stuff and we can't wait for when you roll out the team culture so we can start pushing that towards many of these teams that need that. And um, thanks for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. You bet. Bye, Queens. Today's episode is brought to you by yours truly. I'm excited to announce the releasing of my book, Finding Your Sweet Spot in Sport, Avoiding Relative Energy Deficit in Sport, also known as RED-S, by optimizing your energy balance. Be sure to follow me on social media or go to my website, www.beccamacomble.com. Bye, Queens.
1: For additional information on today's topic and guests, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fit for a Queen. Hashtag Fit for a Queen. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. We can't wait for you to join us next time on Fit for a Queen. Bye, Queens.